Small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs everywhere, get ready for another Seven Figures Club podcast. Today's guest, William Buist, is going to help you to join the Seven Figures Club, that 7% of business owners who break the million dollar mark every single year. He's been serving entrepreneurs for over 20 years. He is a mentor to business leaders. He's also the author of the book, Intentional Business Mastery. He specializes in guiding clients, small business owners in particular, along the journey to mastery so that they can deliver consistently excellent value to their clients. Remember, we talk a lot about the importance of delivering more value than the competition out there. And today's guest is going to absolutely help you excel in doing that. William is, by the way, a fellow on the professional speaking association. He's a speaker. He's an author. He's someone who's a thought leader when it comes to building an intentional roadmap to success and mastering your business. So William, welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Well, well thank you, Leo, and I'm delighted to be here. It's going to be a fun conversation, I think. It's going to be a great conversation. We love having some of our friends uh, from the UK who have a very interesting perspective that there's a lot to learn from. So the first thing we love to find out with our guest, William, is a little bit in terms of the background. And we all have a different story and events that take us down a path to entrepreneurship. What were some of the unique events or experiences early on in your life that eventually led you to believe, you know what, being an entrepreneur, starting my own business is the way that I can make the biggest impact in the world? Yeah, it was... Uh... I was quite late in my life. I, you know, I'm coming up to 65 now, Leo, and uh, I've been running this business for 20 years. But before that, I had a career in the insurance industry. Uh, I was working with some of the bigger UK insurers uh, and ended up at, at what was then Lloyd's TSB. It's uh, become Lloyd's Bank and TSB, both banks. Uh, and I was working there as their chief underwriter. So looking at what it, what do we need to charge people for insurance so that we can make a little bit of money from the insurance but also be providing a great service to those customers when something goes wrong um and you know one of my mantras in the insurance industry was that our only purpose was to settle valid claims and to make sure that people got got the money they deserved when they needed it so will you what uh, what line of insurance uh, were you in so we were we were involved in all of the personal lines insurance so um Households, motor, uh, private health—you know those those kinds of things about individuals buying insurance to protect the things that are important to them. Um, so I was never involved in life insurance, uh, although I'm aware of that market very well as well. And you know, similar principles apply. And in that role, I was involved with quite a lot of projects. I was I joined uh, the bank just as it was merging with uh, Lloyds and TSB in the UK. So, you know, two big British banks coming together. We had a you know whole cultural shift to manage uh, two different cultures, two different backgrounds. And so I did a lot of work in, uh, in that time, 
with projects and working with groups of people. And it, it dawned on me that leading these projects was like leading a small business. You know, you would take 60, 70 people, put them together, work really hard to deliver something uh, that the business needed. But that group of 60 or 70 people was just like another small business in its own right. So I was kind of seeing myself in that role of leadership, um, team team working, focusing on the missions and the vision and the values that we were working to and all of those things. And that's what really pushed me to go, you know what, if I'm doing this here in one group, what what difference, what value could I bring to small business generally if I was doing this for a lot of different businesses and, and learning about them and using that experience to help them? And that's why uh, in 2004, I set up my own business and started working initially still in that insurance sector because it was the place I knew. But gradually over time, that evolved. Um, a couple of things nice. happened that were really quite fundamental to my business. First of which was 2008 when we had the global banking crisis. We sure did. And uh, I'm sure a lot of, you know, a lot of people will remember how that time was, you know, really tough all over the world for, uh, particularly for entrepreneurs. A lot of business oh, no question. Yeah. stopped spending money. You know, my clients at the time, most of them, the projects I was working on just kind of came to a halt. So I was looking at a business that went from having lots of clients doing really well being, uh, you know, working with lots of people and employing people and all the rest of it and suddenly having almost no business. Uh, that was quite scary. Um, no question. <laughs> yeah, those were crazy times. Crazy, crazy times. Crazy and, time. and, and maybe we're, you know, entering some phase of that again here as we start to see some uh, pressures and downward winds on the global economy and the U.S. economy, the U.K. economy. And so, People are definitely feeling some uncertainty, especially if they're small business owners, as yeah. they're kind of uh, dealing with that. Yeah, I think they are. And I think, um, you know, we maybe should dig into that in a little bit. But let me just yeah. finish the, the story. Go quickly. ahead. Yeah. So uh, I kind of changed the business at that point and thought, actually, rather than having a few big clients, which is what we had, you know, I was working with six or seven big businesses at the time and yeah. you know, a lot of money flowing through each of those contracts. But I thought, you know, we've got to change the way this is structured. I'd rather work with more entrepreneurs uh, yeah. and spread the risk a little bit further. So it's that old insurance head on me still coming out. <laughs> spread the risk. And, you know, that all worked really well. And uh, I was doing a lot of one-to-one -one mentoring with business owners, helping them to look at their business in different ways and see ways they could improve it and grow and take on people and all the rest of it. And then we had this thing called pandemic that came along. Um, yes, and, we did. And again, a lot of the work I was doing was, you know, traveling into businesses, working with the business owners and their teams face to face and suddenly we couldn't do that so you know again a little shift we moved to working much more online uh as we're doing now leo you know working with zoom and so that's the kind of and that's the way i work now and it means i can reach people uh, more quickly i take less time traveling more time delivering um so i can help more people this way um, and, uh, you know, I can also work all over the world, which is uh, a, a real blessing because I've, I've found that to be, you know, an opportunity that is just fabulous. It's great.
Fantastic. So, you know, for a lot of business owners, there's different uh, struggles and challenges, and you've kind of got three strategies, three keys that you talk about in terms of helping them to restructure their business. You talk a lot about getting clarity in terms of your business model and then creating a strategy based on that clarity and then how you actually implement that strategy. If you could unpack that uh, for the audience and and kind of maybe even if there's a case study, an example of how that works, I think that would be really impactful for these business owners who are looking to navigate these you know, turbulent waters that we're experiencing here and uh, the the change. I mean, there's been there's never been a time of more change and impact to small business owners I see in the last few years. So it's super important, I think, to have those uh, those things uh, set up. And everything is moving much quicker than it used to. You know, a year ago, nobody was talking about Chat GPT. Now no. it's one of those things that that is in, everybody's involved with in some way or another. So we've got to be thinking about how do we develop as individuals, and how does how the world is changing around us affect the way that we turn up in the world and what we offer to to people. And I think unless you're agile and quick to see what people your clients need, then uh, you know and your customers, you're not going to be able to adapt quickly enough, and other people will be moving quicker than you. And that's part of this journey to mastery that I'm talking about. But it's it's critical in this clarity phase. You know, we all think, uh, I say we all, I, I can't speak for other people. I can only speak for myself. But I've gone through life thinking that I'm clear until I realize that I'm not. <laughs> so, you know, lots of things where I, I think, yeah, I've got real clarity. I know where I'm taking the business. And I talk to other people and say you know, to them, what do, you, what do you think of what we're doing? And I find they're talking about things that are slightly different than I think they would. You know, and actually the message that I'm, I think is clear that I was pushing out, not necessarily being received as clearly by my target audience as I would hope. So I learned the, you know, that, that whole clarity piece is really, really important. Thinking about how do we get more clarity of precisely what we are here to do as a business Who are we trying to help? How do we help them? What is it that makes us passionate about that? What's our purpose, if you like? And and how are we as individuals going to become the master of that, which is why I talk about intentional mastery and why I wrote the book. So that clarity piece is all about, you know, it's, it's, it's about examining every aspect of what you do and looking at it in detail and taking time to step back and, research with your with your current customers uh, you know a question i love for, for my customers is i know what i sold you but what did you get and quite often the answer that you get back to that question so you know you think you're selling a service as i do like mentoring and my clients tell me that that they got things like confidence um you know big big difference so um that changes the way that I market the business. And I keep doing that uh, over over time and months. You know, it evolves all the time. So that's the clarity piece. For sure. once, you, once you've got that clarity, then we need to think about how are you going to deliver to your customers what they need? So we have to have a strategy for that. And I focus strategy in, in five key areas. So we look at the sales, how you get sales how you market the signposting, how you tell people about yourself, 
what skills you need in the business to be able to deliver that service effectively across the range of what customers need, um, what systems you have to make sure that you've got as much automation in the right place. And then the last piece I think is probably the most important, and that's about self, the business owner. How is the business owner looking after themselves physically, mentally, and emotionally? Um, so we develop strategies with our clients to look at all of those five areas. And then we build an implementation plan to say, okay, here's the strategy for sales is, whatever it is, here's the plan for how we're going to deliver that. So the strategy tells us what and why, probably. And the uh, the implementation plan tells us how and when. Perfect. So let me let me unpack that for everybody. So he talked about uh, five pieces to put together your strategy. Number one, your sales, marketing, skills that you need, that your team needs, systems, processes. And then at the end of the day, hey, how are you caring for yourself as a business owner? How's your, you know, how are you taking care of yourself mentally, physically? And then the what and why are coming together in the strategy and the implementation is the how and the when. And this is super helpful, guys. So if you're you know, listening here, you might want to rewind that and write these down. Of course, these are going to be in the notes in the podcast or if you're on the YouTube channel, et cetera. But these are some of the, the key things. And so being a successful entrepreneur oftentimes is just asking the right questions. And when you improve the quality of your questions, you're going to improve the quality of your life and so forth as a business owner. I wonder, William, if you could share uh, a kind of example, uh, a kind of uh, case study of how you might actually implement um, some of these uh, these different concepts into your business and how it can transform where you're at now and where you can be and where you want to be. Yeah, sure. I've got a really good example. I worked recently go. with a global training company, okay. a fairly small business uh, in the scheme of things. They had 17 employees in the UK. Uh, they worked with trainers all over the world. The trainers worked on an associate basis, so they weren't employees, but they were taken on to deliver training whenever it was needed. And their clients were, you know, global name companies. You know, all businesses that your listeners and mine would all recognise uh, as, you know, really big corporate companies. It was a family business originally, set up by um, a lady that I've known for a long time, and. Uh, she and her husband and their children were running the business, but they uh, had reached that point in their life when they're thinking, you know, it's time to think about retiring and passing the business on. The kids didn't want to take it on, so they decided they were going to sell the business, and that's when I got involved. So we first of all, we spent time looking for clarity around what are all the skills in the business? What is, is it delivering? Who's it delivering it to? Where are the strengths and weaknesses and opportunities to improve and so on. And then we built a new, a completely new uh, vision and mission statement around that to put the strategies underneath and we developed the strategies that we've, we've talked about earlier. So all of that, that part of the exercise probably took about uh, three to four months working with them quite closely. And then uh, over the course of the next uh, year or so, they put a new management team in place. Um, so they had four people who uh, they identified. Some were new to the business. Some had been in the business for some time who would move up and become the management team for the business. They weren't really working 
that well as a team. They were all brilliant people in their own right, but they were very independent and hadn't had that opportunity to to form a team and to work together. So I worked with them in a mastermind group, effectively. We met once a month. I took them out of the business. I facilitated a day where they were working uh, on the business with each other, learning about each other's skills and what their uh, strengths and weaknesses were. And we redesigned through that process. We redesigned the structure of the top of the business a bit, shifted the roles around. So they were all playing directly to their strengths rather than uh, to the strengths that the role might have thought it needed. Um, And they built a really great team spirit and ran the business very successfully. That business has now been sold. They are still, it's been sold to another But they are now still working as the management team of that business because the new owner looked at them and went, "These guys know exactly what they're doing," um, and it's going from strength to strength. So I'm, I'm, you know, really proud of the work they did, and I'm really proud of the work that we did together. It's fabulous. That's that's an amazing story. So transforming that business to where it become, becomes a sellable asset, and I think a lot of the, the audience do have questions about that. What do you think the difference is in, in your, your decades of experience in serving business owners in terms of creating a business that is a sellable, valuable asset that has an exit at the end of the road, which a lot of people would love to have. But I think from the statistics, 90% of businesses are not sellable assets. So what is it that you have to do as a business owner to create a business that is valuable, that can be sold, that does provide an exit at the end of the day? So I think there's you've, you've touched on a couple of things there. First thing is the business owner quite often is the principal asset in the business. And yes. an awful lot of what's happening uh, and what the business does is because of what they do as an individual. And yeah. you can't sell that. Uh, not unless not you... Sellable. It's not sellable. Uh, so the first bit that we did with the, the training company was to think about all of the skills that were embedded in the, the existing leadership and think about how do we extract those and turn them into systems. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Turn them into into uh, processes that everybody understood and, and had a clear role within the business. You look at the roles, you now start separating the role from the individual currently performing that role. And think about how can you get the knowledge and the skill and the experience that the people who are currently running it into the system so that if they leave and somebody else takes over, they know what to do. They can learn what to do really quickly. So that first thing I think is is documenting how the business really works, what, what the business model is and making as much of it as possible systematized so that other people can do it. You know, if you can't so, step out of the business. So, so William, just to, just to clarify that, unpack that, that's kind of, the uh, ability to create maybe an SOP, a standard operating procedure for each position so that as you grow, people can step into those positions and and seamlessly, you know, implement and integrate into the business. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know plenty of businesses where people are very hard to promote because their role is so important to the business and they're the only person in the business that can do it. And that's kind of crazy, right? You know, you, you've got to have a situation where you can pass on the knowledge and the skill. And that's part of, you know, the expertise that we build up through a lifetime. You know, as we've said before we, we came on this call, you know, we're not 
we're not bright young things anymore, you and I, Leo. You know, we're, 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 we've got some runs on the board. And that those runs on the board and what we've learned and how we've learned them, it's important to be able to explain that to others in a way that enables them to pick up the ball and run with it as well. That's why I wrote a book, you know, because I wanted to get what I know out into the world in a, in a way that other people can learn from it that I can't reach through other means, but I can reach them through a book. Yeah, no question. And sometimes one of the false beliefs we have as an entrepreneur business owner is the belief that, you know, the skill set we have and what we do to make the business run is something unique to only us. And what the best entrepreneurs do is they bring in people who are even better than them, who end up surprising them, actually can do the job even better than they can do it and get out of the way and then manage that from a higher level. And that's one of the false beliefs that I think a lot of us entrepreneurs have is nobody can do it better than I can. But at the end of the day, even if you could find people who could do it 80% as well as you, your business can grow. You can free up your time to build on the business instead of constantly working in the business. And so there's false beliefs both ways that people can't do it better than you, but I, they can. You can find those that can. And even in a weird, unique case where, okay, maybe they, they can't quite do it as well. But if they're 75, 80% as efficient, now you can free up your time and do more in the business and grow. And without you getting out of the way as the bottleneck, the business never can grow. And number two, it can never become a valuable asset that you can actually sell and have an exit with. And those, you know, those systems as you design them, they become the assets of the business. You know, when you have a when you have a business that has a really good system that can repeat what it does uh, in a variety of different contexts and get a great result you know, then it can grow and it can expand. And other businesses look at that and say, I want, they don't buy them for their, I mean, they might, they will buy them for their customer base, obviously, but they buy them for the system. They buy them for the, this is the better way of doing things that we haven't cracked oh, yeah. yet. There's a magic source here and we can buy it and, and start using that magic source. So that, you know, getting the systems right is really, really important. And that, you know, it's, it's building assets in the business that are not the, the business owner as the only asset. Yeah, no, no question. And William, I think at this point, a lot of the audience has been listening. They're driving down the road. They're finishing their morning workout. And they're trying to ask themselves, what's the one thing they can do today? What's the action they can take to you know, implement what you're teaching and go deeper into these programs? How can they connect with you? And what's the next step they can take today to be able to learn more about these strategies and get rid of these, these shackles and obstacles that are holding them back from creating the business they want to have and they can actually have an exit? Yeah, so the, the, the easiest way to do that, we have a, an audit on the, uh, on the website. So my name is okay. unusual. William Bust, it's B-U-I-S-T. The website is williambust.com. So William, I'm guessing most people can spell, but William and then B-U-I-S-T.com. And if you put the word audit in front of that, audit.williambust.com, it'll take you straight to the audit. That's a very quick questionnaire. It takes about five minutes to fill it in. Oh, I love it. Just a quick assessment of yeah. uh, each of those five key areas of strategy. Uh, and what I do then, this isn't a, you know, we talked about AI and how that's changing the world. Yeah. Um, there's no AI behind this. This is this is my intelligence. So I get those results. I'm going to look at those. I'll take a look at what I can find out about your business online uh, quickly. 
and I'll put together a report with some recommendations in each of those five areas. That I'll tell you where you can do, take action immediately to have an immediate impact on the business. Out of all of the things you could do, there's probably one or two that you need to focus on. It's what I normally find. And uh, if you focus on those, you get a good result quickly, and then you can focus on the the, the others and build those up as well. Uh, th- this is fantastic, everybody. So make sure you go to audit.williambuist.com, audit.williambuist.com. And there's a questionnaire where you can get a, a business audit from someone with decades of experience working with you know, very large and small businesses, helping them uh, achieve a, you know, a status where they can be sold where you can, you know, actually have a business that is not running you, but you are running it and just an amazing opportunity. So take the action again. This is not a passive podcast. This is an active podcast where we take action and implement the things that we are learning. And there's nothing more effective than doing an audit to see where you're at and where you're lacking and then finding out the ways you can get better. If you're an entrepreneur, we are always looking for ways to improve. And when we can incorporate the intelligence, experience, and wisdom of someone like William, amazing things can take place after that. William, thank you so much for the value you've delivered today and for you know giving everybody the opportunity to take advantage of this audit. Uh, a real pleasure, Leo. It's uh, been fabulous to talk to you. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.